0: You're listening to a Benstown and McVeigh Media Podcast Network production. This is Run It Again. Welcome to Run It Again. Now, here's Ron Pitts with the coach, Mike Martz.
1: Hey, uh, before we start here, uh, we want to send out our prayers and condolences to the Marty Schottenheimer family. Uh, as you know, Marty Schottenheimer passed away on Monday at 77. He was, Marty was battling Alzheimer's for, for quite some time now, but uh, that's, that's truly an NFL legendary coach
0: gone. Absolutely. You know, he's one of the, uh, I guess, probably the most solid football coaches in the NFL. When you look back at it, you know, his, yeah, the way he taught the game, the details, he did the way it's supposed to be done. And, you know, uh, he just, uh, not only are just, uh, just a, just a great guy, just a great person. It was a lot of fun to be around Marty. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, did you spend a lot of time around Marty? Did you get to Marty? Normal? I knew Marty. Yeah. And, and I did spend a lot of time, but, uh, I knew Marty and, uh, actually at one point, uh, you know, Roy, our producer, I was talking to him earlier this morning and, you know, when I got fired at, uh, the Rams, I talked to Marty a few days afterwards about going down and, uh, working for him in San Diego because I was headed out that direction. It's going to take a year off anyway. And yeah. And then he got fired the next day. So like, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. 14 and two, you know, it just. But he was—he's a strong and players love the guy because he's convicted and he's strong and great leadership and great yeah. teacher, you know.
1: Yeah. Was that the Chargers? That yes. He, he's a Charger. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and and that was around the time I know there was some, there was some, and I'm not sure who was on which side. I think Marty was on Drew Brees' side, but the general manager, AJ right. Smith at the time, wasn't. Right.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah and and that that was the beginning of what actually led to a, a hall of fame career for Drew Brees cuz he ends up going to New Orleans and yeah. the rest truly is history so
0: but you know and then he wanted to hire his brothers as the defensive coordinator and there there, there was just so much friction between he and AJ that uh, yeah i think owners had just got tired of it
1: yep yeah. yep and yeah. i i knew AJ uh, quite quite well cuz AJ was up in buffalo in that administration when I was drafted up there and you know coach uh, he was up there my father was coaching so you know all the inner circles the the, the uh the circles run together in the NFL definitely uh, since we're on the subject of uh, uh former Kansas City Chiefs coach let's talk about the Kansas City Chiefs and that Super Bowl 55 right uh you know, going into this one, Mike, we knew one area was troublesome for Kansas City and and it it reared its ugly head and that was their offensive line, particularly the tackles. And I I think if you added up all the the moving around and changing they did, they probably had four position changes or more within the last 2 or 3 weeks trying to get That solidified Uh, the right combination. Yeah, yeah, combinations. Right, they they lost Fisher, the left tackle, right, in that Buffalo game at the end of it, and that that was just a a, a horrible thing for them. Uh, Now you know they were already without their starting right tackle Swartz and so they had to move Zimmers around. And and then plug guys in Wozniowski, who who uh, actually started on the practice squad, I believe, in the beginning of the season. So he he ends up starting at right guard uh, in right. the Super Bowl. So, but but it was other things, Mike. I mean, it just it was a classic classic example of when a team just can't get going, and you could see it slowly developing, and I. Yeah, you know, not taking anything away from the job that uh, the Buccaneers did and Brady, of course, with another Super Bowl, but you could see a slow-scoring, slow-moving game, but it, you you could tell where it was going, and ultimately it it, it went there and uh, the, the Bucks end up champions.
0: You know, anytime both edges are new, you know, I say that to offensive tackles, and we talked about this a few weeks ago. Um uh, yeah not only it's problematic, but when you go up against a really good front, like Tampa has. Yeah. And you can't help them. Uh, there didn't make any difference. Who's back there. You're just not going to survive. And it, it yeah. just got ugly. You know, they just couldn't block. Him. the thing that I was disappointed in, and I don't know why, cause Andy's just better than that. Um, there was no adjustment to help those tackles and pass protection.
1: Yeah, that's now, interesting. Now, they took the
0: back and chipped him occasionally, but it's just like their game plan was to get them all out all the time. You know, and that Patrick was just going to get the ball out quickly or he's going to take off with it. And, yeah, that's not a good bet. You know, and the other thing is yeah. they just couldn't get the ball back. You know, they, Tampa did such a great job against that defense. They went to – Tampa went to work on them and attacked uh, the soft spot and just kept drilling it. And the soft spot – for, you know, Kansas City's defense was they'd been ahead so often people just don't rush the ball much. But when yeah. they are, when they do and spend time doing it, they've had problems with it and they just physically knocked him out of the running game and and used the clock and went down and got points. So those two things on each side of the ball, but I will tell you, in my opinion, if the if their normal starters were in, that's a whole different game, period. No matter yeah. what happened with penalties, no matter what happens with anything, because now you can protect him, you know. Yeah. But what yeah. why wouldn't you put a tight end there on the edge and just chip your way out? Right. You know, and what they did to keep from chipping is they were running they're running in, you know, they're running the ET games, you know. Uh, but you got you've somehow reduced it to three receivers and keep guys in to block them. You gotta protect the quarterback.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And in the penalties, you know, that's, that's something people will talk about. I, to me personally, and everyone comes to me and says, Oh man, what was not A horrible call on, on, on the one deep ball with the, with the guy that uh, the dove at Mike Evans feet, blah, blah, blah. I said, I, I didn't, I didn't agree. I, I, I thought that was PI. I mean, he's yeah, was. in a chase position yeah, and whenever, and it's the perception of interference more than anything else when you're in a chase position he was clearly a full step behind and you desperation lunge they're gonna call you just yeah you should be called it you should be should called because it didn't it didn't look good the the optic was horrible but it was it was interference and again for the second week in a row mike which boggles my mind uh, miscues going into halftime that gave the Buccaneers a decided points. I mean, deciding points, key points. First was lining up offsides, and now uh, if you want to, I guess bitch about one. Maybe that's the one that you bitch about. I you don't see that called very often in Super Bowls, but you know, I guess the guy lined up offsides, and then right after that, you know, they get beat for the uh, you know the interference there. So, well, he was
0: clearly lined up offside. You know, we used yeah. to have Dre Bly who was corner force, and Dre was really good at that. And and invariably, we get that call against us. So yeah, uh, the whole yeah. idea about the Super Bowl being called differently because it's a Super Bowl to me just doesn't float. I mean, you call. I mean, these these rules apply throughout the year. Why wouldn't they apply and be enforced in the Super Bowl? Right. And right. and so I, I think you know, if the if these are fouls, you call. Them shame on you, you know, <laughs> you yeah. know, don't foul, you know, don't do those things. Don't line up offsides, you know, don't, don't hold on punt protection, you know, tackle the guy, you know, and all those things. And then the next one he shanks the punt and uh, gives him great field position. So <laughs> these, these are self-inflicted wounds and a sloppy play yeah. that's not, not indicative of Kansas city.
1: Yeah. You know, it's bad, Mike, when the punter loses his cool and, yeah. Well, it's interesting, Townsend. There, I, I went back and I looked at the first matchup between those two teams in uh, Tampa Bay. There, and and uh, Kansas City blew them apart. Uh, Tyreek uh, Hill had two hundred some yards receiving, and he and he just went crazy in the first quarter. And he, you know, that's the game that he did the backflip and gave I, the peace sign them, yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. Well. You know, they remembered that. And I, I don't blame uh, Winfield Jr. for, you know, doing what he did. I probably would have done a little bit worse because that's the kind of stuff that sits in your stomach and, and you, 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 you use that as ammunition when you play a guy again and do a damn backflip. Absolutely. Know? Okay. But um, I just felt like once the offense couldn't go, then the whole team couldn't go. And that's a problem. Because I, I see the Rams, and I'm just using them as an example of a team, I think, a darn good team that just couldn't get there this year. I think they do the same thing, but in reverse. If their defense doesn't make it all happen, in field position, and turnovers, and, and energy, and explosion, and big plays, then the whole team didn't go. And see, they, they took the big play uh, aspect out of the game. The Buccaneers did. see they didn't have any big plays. And, 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 that's, what- and they, that's why the, the energy looked bad.
0: And that's what we talked about. You know, in order to beat them, you got to limit anything over 20 yards. You just can't give it up. Yeah. And they did a nice job with that. But the, the biggest issue, it all ends up coming back to those tackles. Sure it does. It's yeah. inability to run the game. And now remember the two linebackers in the Bucks, and the Bucs. We were talking about this before is if, you're too, if your linemen are suffering – yeah. Now you again on run type downs or in run you can play a four two look or even a four one look and those linebackers can compensate because they're so good they're so fast. Yeah. And now you can get double coverage out there on That's Hill. Exactly right. That's right. And they, exactly and they right. kept the guy over the top all the time and and to throw the ball down the field, Mahomes is going to have to hold it and now he can't because he's scrambling when he would want at the point he wants to throw it. So that great plan for him. I, I think Kansas City going into the game. We knew it was shaky for him, but they didn't realize how shaky it was going to be. You know, obviously right. going back and looking at their win over him before. So, uh, yeah. again, I keep coming back to this. But two things about Kansas City in the past is they can look bad in the first half, but somehow, as you go into the fourth quarter, it's you know how he just comes alive. Yeah, right. I think I was texting you the game. I said, "This is this is when Mahomes is at his best." You know those kinds of things. But and he did. He started coming alive, but they just they couldn't block him. They just can block them, and to me, somehow, and this is just goes back to get another tight end in there, you know, and chip the back out so that you're doubling and helping, even if you're only getting three guys out, you know, or two men. You, you have to do something because the pass scheme starts in protection, period. And if you yeah. can't protect them, you don't have a chance. And it's just like anything else. When you have a great like Derek, uh, you know, down at the. Uh, uh, the Titans, you know, when he th- when things are tough, they hand him the ball, they just figure he's going to win it for them. Right. And it's the same thing here. You know, I, I think they just felt like Mahomes was going to do some magic, you know, and bring him out of it. And, you know, they were just too good. You know, Tampa yeah. was just too good.
1: Yeah, yeah. I remember you said that last week, the point about if, if if they can't handle, if the Chiefs offensive line was struggling, then the Bucks' D line, which is pretty good already <laughs> – could now attack with four. They could. They could play with two linebackers, and that would mean now you've got five other guys in the secondary. You can go man to man with one free, or you can go man to man and double a guy. Right. And, exactly. And, and that's exactly what they they did. Him, Yeah. Yeah. Basically, you. It's math. You free up numbers to help other way. Other. And the other players. thing
0: is when you get in the red zone, you can see this. Uh, I can shoot. I'm draw a blank on the the. My favorite one, 40 was a forty-five. The linebacker. Um, oh, Devin White. Devin White. Yeah, you, know, you can free him up in that man coverage because you got one guy free. You know, right? So yeah. if you play cover one, and you can free him up and, and let him be basically a robber or a rover, so that he he plays the quarterback. Yeah, and they chased him down. They did. They chased him down. But yeah, um, I think the plan that they came out with uh that couldn't couldn't hold up. They couldn't run the football consistently well. And what happens is a panic that sits in. So when Tampa was, excuse me, when Tampa was moving the ball and scoring and getting points and and grinding that clock down, there's a sense of panic on the other side. You got to make something happen right away, especially in the second half. But in the first half, I felt that you can't do that. And they had some decent runs, but they just couldn't get going, you know?
1: No. No that, that's right. Not, not a lot of points uh, initially it, it got ugly late. Uh, the playmakers for, for the Bucks got involved. That, that was going to be Gronk and Brady. Uh, the two guys that got involved the last time they played even though the Buccaneers <laughs> lost the game. You know again, not, not a big numbers game for Brady 21- 29 uh, for 200 yards. But three touchdowns, no interceptions. You yeah. know, on the other side, Mahomes had to throw 49 times, no touchdown and two picks. It was, it was a classic game in terms of quarterbacking efficiency on one side, and then a quarterback protection nightmare on the other side. And, and then you know, I, like to your point, Mike, about panic setting in. I I could see panic setting in early, and I think it was typified when. Uh, whenever the Chiefs would make a big play, like Tyron Matthew made an interception, got a tip ball interception. Huge play, I thought, because that's what can't seem. They need the ball, and, and now they needed a big play. And then it was taken away because of a penalty, a hold yeah. in the secondary.
0: Yeah.
1: And, then, and then, of course, Matthew, now he starts unraveling later on. I knew then th- it was probably done. Yeah.
0: You know, and, and on the sideline in those situations, it just didn't like even in the first half the sideline. I, I always like to watch body language and, and watch yeah. people on the sideline. Yeah. They were – something was up. You know, <laughs> Something was up. Now, I have a question for you. Yeah. I thought I read or heard that because Tampa was down there in their home situation, that they allowed Kansas City to come down a couple of days before the Super Bowl. So they missed out on all that Super Bowl stuff because of COVID. That makes sense anyway. But yeah, I think that's what they did. I think they traveled like it was an away game. So they spent their time up there in Kansas City getting ready for this game. Then they went down and played it. So it was more, it was less of an advantage, so to speak, uh, for Tampa. But I just think that's a huge advantage for Tampa. You know, have, you know, go to bed in your own bed, your own practice facility. You know, it's just, it's the home game.
1: You're right. No, you're right. And I thought about that, too. Uh, And and now, you know, you typically you've got so much going on in the fanfare and all that. It it can be a distracting environment. So sometimes it's good to keep your team away from all that. But in this case, that that didn't that's not what's happening. This is COVID. Yeah. You know, there's there's, you don't have that going on now. So I I don't I don't know. Uh, Run game. I got to give some props out to Leonard Fournette. I mean, here's a guy, Mike, that I I don't know, a couple years ago, his his career was all but done, seemed like he just he he couldn't settle in. He was kind of a good news, bad news guy. Uh, you know, had some upside. We know that because of his time in the league, but for some reason, he just couldn't find a home and be settled. And I'll tell you, down the stretch here, these last two games, when it counts the most, this this man has come up big. Not a lot of yards last week or two weeks ago against the Packers in the championship game. But in, in this game, this guy had 89 yards, 89 yards rushing. And, uh, well, they were key yards and and, and and a touchdown. And he just turned out big, I think.
0: He's still a young player. I think, he, what is he, 26 or something like that? Yeah,
1: so yeah, something like yeah.
0: He uh, – there's a little bit of a maturity thing there. And I think um, when he got there – a personality, and I know this may sound corny, but the personality is so strong with a guy like Tom Brady and the expectations that his preparation and how he approaches practice, and he's verbal about it, um, it can't help but run off and just r- rub off on everybody. And, and the focus, I think, is different for him. And it's, it's like he's been drifting, then all of a sudden he gets to a spot where, oh, okay, that's how you play this game. That's how you all prepare. Right. And I think probably, you know, the relationship there with the coaching staff was probably better for him than where he's been.
1: Yeah. No, that, that's right. Yeah. And then a couple of guys were like, uh, Antonio Brown, you know, we, right. there were people that were claiming Antonio Brown was uh, clinically insane coming into the season, but now he's got a Super Bowl ring. But isn't that the way life is in the NFL? Yeah, you know, w- w- one minute, one minute we're we're trying to figure out why Tom Brady called a timeout that he didn't have as times winding down in Chicago, right? Right,
0: right I remember one, that. Yeah.
1: One, one minute Bruce Arians is calling out Tom Brady. One minute we're talking about he's too old and this and that. And fast forward a couple months later, guys holding up another trophy. So I tell you the NFL is is a tr- is a tricky business, unpredictable bu- business. That's that's me.
0: why that Position the quarterback position, along with the head coach. There has to be a steadfast, just a, a belief in yourself where you just don't get knocked off the mark. You know, what I mean, you're on the bicycle and you can't get bumped off. You know, you just keep that emotional plane and you just don't let that stuff bother you. It's hard to do, but the really tough guys are great ones to do it. Gosh,
1: man, I I I think so. I, th- that's what that shows me. That doesn't show. It it shows me that it's not about your physical ability. It's not about exactly. Yeah. It's, it's not about how many hundreds of millions they gave you yep. and how good you looked in the combine. It's not, it's not about it. I think it's about your preparation and, and that mental toughness to be able to just stick to what you, what you know is going to work or what you know is right and what works for you. And, and I think Arians let him stick to that. I think he helped that process.
0: And I think he, Arians, understands that Tom, of all players I've ever seen in the league, has learned to be at his best when things are at their worst. That's why we talked about, you know, yeah. when they lost in New Orleans, those two ugly wins in the playoffs, are going to play him. I mean, I would just never bet against Tom Brady in a deal like that. He's such a the competitive part of him, and you know, yeah. they got blown out against Kansas city in the season, you know, coming back on this thing, it's it's pretty hard to bet against Tom Brady. Yeah. Because he, he, he always knows how to respond. He's always responded like that. And that's what makes him so unique.
1: Yeah, yeah. So chalk up another one for him. That's uh that's seven and a big win for the franchise. And, you know, I like to see these older coaches get something going. So, uh, Stay by your phone, Mike. You might be getting some calls, like I said. Sixty-eight years old wins the Super Bowl. and We know this is a copycat league, so that tells me one thing that uh, you know more more coaches like that are gonna be asked to to offer their, their input, and rightfully so.
0: Well, hopefully there's some uh, some veterans assistants that have been leaked for quite some time that haven't gotten the opportunity, we'll get a call.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, that that's right. You know, Todd Bowles at some point. You know, we've talked about this before—the the lack of minority hiring. But Todd Bowles—he—he he put together one heck of a scheme there. Now he didn't make—he didn't make many mistakes on that one.
0: You know, he was so specific in the pass rush in how to affect those ends without being to the help, help them. You know, in other words, if it was just yeah. a straight rush up all the time, you can chip and all that stuff. But they—they they started running these games where you can't chip them.
1: No, where that's you d- right. you
0: actually have to keep them in there. So that's right. And I, I just watch everything they did and how prepared they were to take Hill out. And Hill got frustrated. They just shut him down until the yeah. end, you know. So, yeah, man, that's coaching. Yeah, that's great preparation yeah. and and knowing how to take away what they do best, you know. And they did that.
1: Yeah, no, that that's right. That's right. Yeah, and and you know it's bad when you see not only Hill but Travis Kelsey drop a ball. When I saw oh, Travis Kelsey's yeah. drop, I was like,
0: mm. yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, but. All right,
1: Coach. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more. Run it again after this message.
0: Courageous is a word that describes America's veterans. Sadly, another word we can use is homeless. During this crisis, many veterans are living on the street. You can help. Donate at cardboardtoheadboard.org.
1: Welcome back. Here's Ron Pitts with the coach, Mike Mars. Hey, so Mike, now we, we go into what is called the NFL offseason, and that's, that's almost another show, all right? A pretty good show, and it's going to be even better this year with COVID co-starring. Um, so the NFL free agency uh, starts officially March 17th, but between the 23rd and the 9th, February 23rd and March 9th is franchise transition uh, designation period. Okay, so that's where guys who are uh, tagable, guys like say Dak Prescott, who played this year with the franchise tag, which said he's got to make an average of the top three players at his position for a one-year deal. Now you have to redesignate. You either tag him again, which I understand you can tag a guy two years in a row. Yes. Or 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 you got to give him a long-term deal, or you got to deal him. One or one or the other. Right. So, I, I'm just, I've got my list of, of and I'll start with quarterbacks, Mike. I, I got my list of guys here, and that's, and, I, and we know there's other positions and, and, and important positions, uh, but let's just start here. So, Dak, what do you think they're going to do with Dak? And then we'll get on to Wentz, Darnold, and some of the other guys, even Rodgers and so forth.
0: Well, I think they need to tag him. You know, I think with their, their cap situation, the way it is the way I understand it. They got four or five guys that they've, they've, you know, they're, they're getting a big hit on their cap right now until they can clean that up. It might take another year. So they may have to go through this two year period before they can propose something to him that, that he'll take, you know, that's seems doable for him. Yeah. I don't think there's any way he gets out of the Cowboys, particularly this year, but I think, uh, I think it'd be hard for him to clear the cap space to get, give him what he, what he wants. And he, he probably deserves it, but I think he'll probably get tagged again. I don't know how they give him the numbers that he wants with the cap situation that they have right now.
1: Yeah, no, they're, 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 they're over the cap a little bit. Um, I'm just looking at numbers here and I'm not saying these numbers are, or what the general manager has on his desk. This is, you know, I'm looking off of things on the internet, but they're showing around 20 million um under the cap, but yeah, you this that's not that's not including Dak being signed to that. So yeah, they have got some some things to do. Yeah, that doesn't
0: include his contract right now.
1: Right, right. So that could exactly yeah. That could easily blow that away. Um I'll just jump to New Orleans just because they're they are the like the most in trouble team as far as cap space. They're 78 million over the cap. You know, uh, Drew Brees reached, I don't want to say restructure. He, he, he took the minimum for this year, but the the talk is that Drew has got the TV contract, you know, in, in his desk behind him and he's going to jump and do that. But that said, maybe he's just doing a team a solid because they they've got to figure out how to maneuver their cap space right now.
0: No question. I, I don't, I'm a little surprised. Um, and maybe he's just uh, putting off until they figure it out personnel-wise what they want to do at quarterback after Drew, you know. So, yeah, uh, maybe he still is undecided. That's why he's willing to do that um, and take the minimum. You know, yeah. he, how much more, how much money do you need? I mean, he's obviously, and I know Drew a little bit enough to know that he, you know it's about playing for him at this point. He's not concerned about the money,
1: right? Right. And if he can help the
0: organization, you know, Marshall did that for us at the Rams. Yeah, And you know, towards the end there, he just, you know, had plenty of money. He was just, you know, he's helping the organization. I think that he's trying to help the organization and still try to figure out whether he wants to play. That uh, leaves the door open for him by taking that deal to come back another year. I'm not sure he still has made that decision.
1: I remember that. Yeah, I remember that the Marshall would, would restructure, yeah. restructure for the team. You know, yeah. and they, that's a guy that understood the value of winning and like you said, you got the money. How much more money do you need?
0: Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: the Eagles. Now the Eagles, uh, the second uh, most cap-stressed team r- right now uh, at 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 fifty-one million over the cap. The cap, the salary cap, right now is one hundred seventy-five million. Uh, there's talk that it may be adjusted up to in the one-eighties. You know, one eighty-five, one hundred eighty-five million per team spending. We'll see the two sides, NFL. And NFLPA are negotiating on on that one. Uh, But the Eagles now have a Carson Wentz issue. So what do you think happens with Wentz?
0: So what's he have left on his contract? I'm not familiar with his contract. Yeah, I can. uh, I think uh, it just depends on if if they were to move him right now. You know, that's a huge hit on on, on their uh, cap. You know, because it all yeah. gets accelerated into that year.
1: He's got, Mike, he's got, okay, he's got a dead cap space of 50, not $60 million, Call it sixty. So the team would take a $34 million cap hit. Right. They're going to take a 30 more, 30 million, $34 million to cap hit with, with him. He's, yeah. uh, he's got a base of 15, signing bonus, roster, some other bonuses in there that total up to about $20 million. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So. But when he – of course, when he when he leaves, if they're to trade him, and, and, you know, unless the team takes on, you know, some of that, uh, the new team, then, you know, it accelerates into their cap.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So
0: – And that's hard. That's hard on a team, you know, but you've got to take that hit. And, you know, it's just like Brady leaving New England. That, that all goes back to, you know, being able to manage the cap and discard stuff that's going to accelerate and taking that – biting the bull and taking that number that year and just dealing with it until you can clear it.
1: <laughs> Funny you mention Brady and the Patriots because the Patriots uh, they are their cap space right now sixty four million dollars. So, yeah. and if I and if I scroll down here, man, I, I love all this this new time. So you know, it, everyone keeps saying, okay, you're in you were in salary cap purgatory and that was one of the reasons they dealt Brady and so on and so forth. So now where do they go? They've got to get the quarterback thing right. They don't have it right. Cam Cam wasn't the answer, isn't the answer, at least at least for right now. So right. You know, do you believe in, in the Stidham kid or or do you try to go get someone else? Well,
0: you have to get somebody else. I mean, there's no question. You have to get somebody else and that's, that environment there for the quarterback, you know, replacing Tom Brady, you know, no matter what you do, it's not going to be good enough. So you yeah. have to be careful, you know, who's, who's going to want to go there. You know, it's a great team yeah. and whatnot, but still, I think it, you're going to have to do it through the draft. I think they're going to have to do it through the draft and, and hopefully get a solid guy in there until this young man, whoever the draft comes through.
1: Yeah. Right. The jets now in uh, Sam Darnold, there's talk that Darnold could end up in San Francisco.
0: Okay, so Darnold is interesting because, you know, what happened to Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, is kind of what Darnold went through the whole year at the Jets. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. if you can't protect him, you know, no matter what, it's just not going to look good. He's going to have the bad numbers like Patrick did, and, and but he didn't have the receivers, right? So you really don't know Sam Darnold. You know, until you get him on a good team and support him and whatnot. So the jury's still out on him. I still think he's a real good player. I think it's, I think San Francisco, it's very worthwhile. You know, and I think yeah. they just San Francisco didn't they just uh, Josh Rosen didn't they just pick him up? I think they just signed Josh Rosen and mm-hmm. off the practice squad down there at uh, Tampa. So you yeah. know they're they're gonna bring in a bunch of them, sort through of the pile and, and get the right guy.
1: Wow. Poor Josh, man. He, he, he's bouncing around. It's a first round pick boy. It's just, uh, the only thing I would say about him. poor
0: Josh is that's Josh's fault. You know, I mean, you got to show up and play and I mean, just, you know, you're where you are because you not because of somebody else. So, oh,
1: buck gosh. up kid, you know? Yeah. What did he, what did he say after the draft? He said, I'm going to make every NFL team. eat regret not picking me. That that you know that that made him drop. But I said, "My gosh, son, you're still a first round pick. You're acting yeah. like you dropped to the fifth round or something." Sometimes
0: I mean, you know is the old saying is, "If you keep your mouth shut, people think you're smart until you open it up." So that's one of those things <laughs> where you just keep your mouth shut, kid. And, and
1: uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Love Okay, right, right. Okay, Deshaun Deshawn Watson. Uh, I know he's he's upset down there, and probably rightfully so. And, uh, I, you know, he wants some say-so in or wanted say-so in the head coaching selection process. They end up going with Coach David Culley, all right? Uh, what happens now? Is, this, is there a point where you need your quarterback t- to either stop complaining and get on board with whatever you're doing or you need to get him out of there because he's slowing down the ship? R- right or wrong, he's taking the ship in a different direction.
0: You know, I just—he's a great player, and I don't know him. Yeah. I just cringe when players uh, start to speak out about the organization and the business part of it and and management. Yeah. And how things should be done. And I know this. I and running by me first. And you know, it's like you just can't. Even if you feel that way, you just don't go public or something like that. Now you can go into you know ownership and just say, hey, look, I would just like to have. Be involved in it, the interview process, and at least have a right of refusal in one of them. Yeah. So if you're going to hire somebody, I really don't like. Um, I'd like to be able to voice that, and then you do what you do. But to come out and you know Russell Wilson said the same thing about coaches up there. He wants the ability to whew, have uh, the say so on who they hire. Yeah. Well, that's a that's just a that's just a bad road to start down. You know, I mean, it's yeah. just because that's that's a can of worms you, you just can't cover up again. You know, yeah. just let people do their job and, you know, you got enough going on there and trust that, you know, you're going to do the best thing for them.
1: Mike, you're right. I agree. You know, I, I know what he's complaining about and, and he's, he's right, but you, you're, I don't think you're going to win that one at no. in the end of the day.
0: You know, that's no. like,
1: that's like an employee that works for, um, I don't know, Tesla. Okay. And he, you know, he, he puts the bumper on the car and, and hooks up, an electrical part, you know, there in the, in the factory somewhere. And, uh, you know, he, he's tired of the way that, uh, Elon Musk, you know, handles his, his shares and, and his, 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 his boardroom. And he's going to go up there and tell him how to fix the boardroom. Right. <laughs> Elon's right. going to say, listen, you, you go back down there and continue to put that part on that car for 25 an hour or whatever it is I'm paying you, or we'll find someone else. So there's a big difference between his uh, his employee level and the owner's
0: level. Yeah, I think that's what Brett Far was getting at when he got killed on the comment. But yeah. uh, I think he was, I th- and I don't mean to speak for him because it, it was kind of a weird comment. But you just be appreciative of what you got in play, and behind yeah. closed doors, you go in and give me your opinion, and yeah, and then like Drew Brees, if it's just not some, you know, somehow, some way, you work it out, but you don't want that dirty laundry on a line out in front in the front yard for everybody to see. You just don't Good want point.
1: that. Yeah. No, I like what you said. You go in, tell them, and then that's it. And then if it doesn't work now, if you want to get out, then you can get out, but doing all this, you know, you're not going to force an owner or management right. to do anything. Because then
0: now when you when you voted against whoever they hired, yeah, that's an adversarial uh, stat stature or position to be in before a guy even gets there.
1: That's what I'm saying. Right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, uh, okay, so two guys here. Here's two guys: uh, Rogers and Matt Ryan. It's feeling like Matt Ryan's going to stay there.
0: Yeah, I can't imagine. We talked about this before. I can't imagine Matt leaving there. I just think it it's it's probably an emotional thing as well as it's just the right thing to do to keep Matt there. He's been there his whole career. He's yeah. taken him to a Super Bowl, even though there's a you know there's probably a pretty good cap hit with his salary coming. To just yeah, jettison him because of the money at this point in his career and what he's meant to that organization, to me, just be wrong. Yeah. You know, and I think that he's still a good player and he's got plenty left in the tank. There's just other things they got to do there, and particularly on defense, you got to fix that.
1: Yeah. You know, he's he's set to – well, he had a base salary of just $23 million. This yeah. Year, I mean, so.
0: yeah, exactly. So that's, you know, that's doable for them. There's no reason to yeah. jettison
1: him. <laughs> that's funny. We talk it. man. Just twenty three million. Yeah, a forty million dollar cap hit. To answer your question, but that's that's so, the high money world we're in now.
0: You know. So in nineteen seventy nine, I went to the. I was at Fresno State as a coordinator, and I went over to watch the Forty Nine ers practice. Bill Walsh's first year at the Forty Nine ers. Yeah. And we had had a quarterback when I was coaching at San Jose State in nineteen seventy five named Steve DeBerg. We ended DeBird. up playing. The 20 years. Yep. So Steve De Berg had uh I think he was at Kansas City at that time. I, I can't remember. But anyway, he had gone to San Francisco. They picked him up and they were trying to do a deal with him. And I remember going to lunch with Steve De Berg, and he'd been, and actually Bill Walsh was negotiating a lot of that. So he's we're sitting at lunch, and of course, he starts throwing up these numbers. And he says, you know they want to pay me 50. I want 55. And I said, I'm worth that. That's the going right this, that, and the other thing now. And I'm looking at and I'm looking at the sense of $55,000 might've been 55 million to me at that point, you know? Right.
1: Right. But you go back
0: from 1979, here's a starter in the NFL at San Francisco and they're trying to argue between 50,000 and $55,000 for the starter at the San Francisco 49. What year was that? Mike? 1979.
1: Yeah. See that was pre Joe Montana.
0: Well, Joe, they drafted Joe then. And, and yeah. here's what here's what Bill told yeah. me. I, I talked to him after practice, actually. Bill was so so good to uh, coaches. Yeah. I mean, he, he sat down and talked to me for about an hour after practice. He didn't know me from Adam, right? Yeah. And I That's asked him true. what he thought, how was he was going to build. He says, you know, we picked a, a third-round quarterback up, you know, of course, Joe Montana from Notre Dame. And I says, he's not yeah. very big, is he? He says, nah, he said, but he's special. You watch, he's special. <laughs> he knew. And so he Steve knew. was a stopgap until, you know, and he knew that. That's right. He
1: was. Yeah. That's, that's exactly right. Boy, good player though. I played against him now. He was a smart guy. You know, maybe, maybe not a whole lot there at that time. And when I played against him, you know, he was later part of his career, but yeah, don't make a mistake, boy, he, he, he'll get you. Hell he, he got me once. So yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Um, so you know, and everyone we're talking about here, quarterback-wise, Mike, are guys that are either contracts are up, or they're disgruntled. The the, the teams yeah. disgruntled, they're disgruntled. So one way or another, you know, when you, you got guys like Tr- Trubisky, Jimmy G, they're out there. Um, so you know that that something has to happen there. But
0: well, the the guy to me that has a fog around him is Garoppolo. Yeah, because you know when they got in the Super Bowl, we talked about this. They dumbed things down a little bit. They made some there. It's like they didn't want him, they didn't trust him to win the game. Yeah. And yet later, you know, when he was playing healthy before he got injured, he was playing really good and they kind of put it on him. I don't know what he is.
1: I don't either. I don't either. No. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what they think he is. They don't think he's the guy. Yeah. That's what I think. Just like the Rams didn't think Goff was the guy. You know, I was thinking about that again today. And I look back at every game that the Rams lost and, you know, the Rams went to Tampa and beat the Bucks. And it was earlier in the year and the Bucs were a different team in, in some right. ways, but in other ways they weren't. But that's the kind of stuff that makes teams pull the trigger like they pulled on golf because they sat back there and they watched the Buccaneers make this run through the playoffs. And, and, and it starts to eat at your crop. And yeah. yeah. And you're like, son of a, now they, what did, what did we do wrong? What's missing with us that we're sitting here at home punched out, but yet they go to green Bay and beat a team. And we went down there to Tampa and beat them. And right. then they, it all starts to, you know, it's like a, 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 murder mystery. It all starts to come together in the end. And it's like, ah, uh, that's, that's the problem.
0: But see, so no matter think. Yeah, so no matter what, a good quarterback isn't good enough. You know, you, you they're they're all looking for that special player quarterback.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, yeah. that you know, the leadership, the toughness, you know, all that stuff. Like we're talking about Tom and and Mahomes and all these guys, they've got that competitive part and the leadership that everybody feeds on. You know, yeah. and they don't feel that and if you've been around Goff, he's a mild mannered kind of guy and they just don't see that in him. Now, whether yeah, he has that or right. not, they might be wrong. You you never know. Yeah,
1: but it's something, Mike. It's it's a, it's 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 some kind of attitude, an edge, or something. And a, and a guy doesn't have to be a yeller and screamer.
0: No, absolutely not. Yeah,
1: you know, it's but it's something that when he's around, like honestly, two guys, just two guys, and one of them you know very well, Kurt Warner, and the other one, I'll I'll, I'll pick Tom Brady. Yeah. If you didn't know Tom Brady, you didn't know much about football. You you would think that he was a stockbroker, right? You know, an insurance salesman, a salesman, yeah. and 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 Kurt could sell you that you know he was uh, a minister and, and a, you know, an church, FCA huh? guy, right? right? These are these are not yeller and screamer in your face, this and that. They can be, but I'm just from what I've observed, Mike. There's something else that comes out once that game starts, once that practice starts, once that meeting starts, something comes out in these guys that makes them who they are. And, and that's again, what everyone is looking for.
0: It's that edge. And, and again, like we've always said, that position, the best competitor on the team has to be the quarterback. It has to be.
1: you. you and,
0: you're right. yep. and in order to have that, you have that edge. So, yep. you know, Kurt initially when he, when he played for us, you know, he didn't say anything you know, it was business and and we had short conversations, very pleasant guy, but he was so intense on taking full advantage of his opportunity. He was not going to get distracted by anything. Yeah. And believe me, I tried to distract him, <laughs> you know, on purpose, just right. Cause I understood right. here's a guy's completely untested what was going to happen to him. So I'd mess with him a little bit, you know, and, but boy, once he established, That that aura, that toughness, that confidence that he has—he walks in the huddle. The players respond to it without saying a word. They just know this this guy's got it. You know, you just know. And I think that that factor for for golf, I think, was probably missing in the in the eyes of the Rams. Yeah, uh,
1: three coaches did one thing with two different quarterbacks. And the thing that those quarterbacks have in common is they're, they're, they're Hall of Fame, and one will be Hall of Fame, and they're Super Bowl winners. And the three coaches, or at least the two coaches, are you and Bruce Arians, okay? And you told me this weeks ago. You figured out that the team and the offense will run through Kurt Warner, all right? Your, your schemes, your thoughts on how it should work we'll run through him and what he does best. And you remember a couple of weeks ago, Bruce Aaron said, uh, I, I let Tom Brady coach. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to do what he does best. And, and we're going to do it this way. He's got the rings, right? That's, that's, that's the common factor I, I see between those, those two quarterbacks and and you two coaches and winning Super Bowls.
0: Do you know the thing about Kurt working with Kurt was, um, we worked hard to challenge him every week with stuff that we didn't really need to just to kind of keep ahead and keep him on his toes. But he loved it. He embraced it. And, uh, we had X and O back and forth a little bit, but he understood what we did so well, so well that when guys weren't quite right in their route, they'd come back and he'd whisper coach him. He'd walk over to him and just say, Hey, you know, I expected you to be at eighteen, uh, not sixteen or whatever, and they got it. And then, then that's, and I didn't yeah. have to do that anymore.
1: Whisper coaching. Yeah, I didn't have Whisper to do it anymore. He he'd tell like the lineman,
0: that. he'd say uh, to one of the linemen, "Hey, um, just point him out first, or if you if you can't do this, then let's call this or whatever." But so there was a communication that went on all the time that I wasn't privileged to, but I trusted him. Because he yeah. knew it as much as I did, and that's what's going on with Tom Brady. He knows it as well or better than anybody down there, and that's not a knock on the offensive coordinator down here. Uh, I, I think he's good. I think he's really good. But yeah, and and Tom, he didn't put the game plan together, but he has input to it. But he'll he'll make his comments, and he has a vision as Kurt did, and we had. But we all shared the same vision of how this is supposed to be. Yeah. Right, so on yeah. any particular play, you know, you visualize how those receivers, the backer, the lines going to block. You visualize, and then you, you go to work at getting it done like that. Yeah. And if there's anybody bucking the system out there, well, they got to be dealt with, you know. And then you just pull them aside. And I never had to do that. He did that.
1: Yeah, I like that whisper coaching.
0: Yeah, that's so what that it goes was. a long
1: way. No, that that goes a long way. No, I, I, did I like you
0: see that. Tom Brady in the first quarter? And I don't know who number 18 is. One of their other receivers there mm-hmm. at the Bucks. And it was, they were going in in the red zone. And they ran a pick play. That little stack formation, receiver on receiver guy went like this. And then he came underneath it. Oh, I
1: saw that. And yeah. yeah. No, and he, he, he just slipped it and
0: stuck it right on his chest. Yeah. And he dropped it. And, it was, he, he just, and I don't know who he is, but he just nonchalantly just, you know, like it was, I dropped it, you know, one of those things. And as he's walking off, they put the camera on Tom Brady, and he had him in his gaze. No, I saw and that. he wouldn't look away until that young man looked at him, and then you never saw 18 in the game again. Was
1: that Godwin? No, was that Godwin.
0: No, wasn't no, Godwin? Was
1: it, was it not Godwin?
0: What's that I can't remember who it was, but, boy, he got him in his game, and then I, I really yeah. didn't see him anywhere. But he would, that young man did not play at the same level as the rest of them. Yeah. At that point. I mean – they were playing it at such a high level, he just wasn't going to tolerate it.
1: Yeah, no, that that's right. I saw that. Yeah, And I knew, Mike, I knew something had gone wrong. Um, oh, I know who that was. Yeah, I'm looking at it here. That was uh, Tyler Johnson. Okay. Yeah. yeah, Tyler wasn't Godwin, it was Johnson. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I knew something had gone wrong, and Brady was hot about
0: it. I don't, th- I don't think he saw the field again the rest of the game. I really don't. Because uh, I looked for him on purpose. He might have been in there. But I watched him one time. He, he was supposed to block somebody. He just did the ole on him. And I think after that, they said, nah, you know, this is a Super Bowl, buddy. You're out of here.
1: Oh, uh, no. They, they, knew, they knew that the game was too big for this young man. And yeah. they said, yeah, that's, a, that's an important thing to know. You got to know when the game is too big for some of these guys. Because I, I think every time you go into a Super Bowl, it will be too big for a handful of people.
0: But yeah. see, to me, there's a clear understanding at that point and a demonstration of what's expected in the level of performance. Yeah. And Tom sets that, you yeah. know, and, he, and basically Kurt had set that through his play and how he prepared and how he practiced. So he didn't have to say much. And, and fortunately around him that Tom didn't have this is we had a bunch of guys that had that same commitment and intensity, you know, Marshall and Torrey and and yeah. Isaac. So I got to tell you a quick story. Oz comes in. And uh, one of our very first practices, we're we're, uh, in team, and he's kind of lumpy, dumped in along. He's not running at full speed. drops a pass. He's just like, "Ah, you know, it's practice. And so Isaac and Marshall pull him aside. And I didn't say anything to him. I just watched him over there. And after practice, I said, Marshall, what happened with with us? And he said, nothing. He said, we just told him that, uh, no, no, where you've been, or what you think football's about. But we don't do that here. That's not who we are. <laughs> and when that happens, then you know. Yeah. And Kurt didn't have to say anything to him. And Kurt was frustrated with him. Kurt just gave him the look and the guys took care of it. Yeah. But that's what happens on those really good teams, Peyton Manning and, you know, Tom Brady. You know, there's a, a level of performance sense that everybody buys in. If there's anybody falling off of that, they rush over and they take care of it. That's right.
1: That's a great point, man. That's a great story. Yeah. Yeah. The, the locker room. If you've coached it right and they've brought in the right players, you know, your personnel guys, it should run itself to a degree. And, a degree. and you know what,
0: Ron, what you just says, just having the right people is everything. Yeah. You know, your leadership yeah. has got to be the right leadership. Deshaun Watson, is he the right leadership down there because of all the things that he's said? Well, you know, Isaac Bruce was really vocal before I got there and it was kind of a malcontent a little bit. Yeah. Uh, he That's didn't right. want a leadership role and they're trying to make him a leader.
1: Uh-huh. So just back that's off right. and
0: let him go. That's yeah. not who he is. Yeah, but he's such know. a good player. He should. No, no, that's not who he is. Yeah. That's you know, right. so Deshaun Watson, that's why I was a little disappointed in him because basically he'll have control or respect in that locker room and it's got to be the right respect.
1: Yeah. And he hasn't won one yet. It's a little different if if a guy has won one. Okay. You know, like um, Russell Wilson is 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 venting a little bit. Now I'm reading reports that he's tired of, you know, not getting protected enough and blah, 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 blah. So, but he's got one under his belt. He's got one on the wall. So yeah. he's got a little bit of that. And, but I, but to your point, you know, that's gotta be handled the right way. Cause it can be alienating as best. Mike, let me take you back to, and we'll wrap up. Uh, we're getting close here. We'll wrap up. Um, can the Bucks? Repeat on this one now, or is this one of these where you know every year is a different year, and next year could be completely different for
0: them? Here's where the bucks are different to me. They they started setting their foundation during the season, not yeah. before a year ago, and it was a quick process. They're young on defense. They're so good up front on defense, and they've got so much firepower now on offense. Yeah, that I do believe that. Re- whether Tom's there or not, they've got a chance of being a, a factor, you know, at the end of the year for quite some time, if they can keep these guys together.
1: That's interesting. Whether Tom is there or not.
0: Well, yeah. because he set the tone for him. Yeah. They understand yeah. now and there's enough good players there that, you know, well, that's, this is how we do things now. Yeah. But it took all year, it took them most year because remember the receivers wouldn't run fast and, they, you know, they broke it off short, and you can see his frustration. Well, that level yeah. of expectation now has been set. Yeah. But they're so yeah. good on defense personnel-wise. Yeah. You know, and yeah. if they keep their defensive coordinator there, yeah, I think they can. I think they can absolutely do it.
1: How about the Chiefs? Uh, you, you would think they need to get the uh, the defense going now. That, that was a wake-up call for that to me.
0: Yeah, but, you know, I'll be careful that they just need to keep those two tackles.
1: Because remember,
0: those two tackles are really good players, right? Yeah. If they play, that's a different game to me. And I don't mean any disrespect to Tampa Bay, but if those two, if their two starters were in there, that's a different game. game. You're right. A different game.
1: You're you're right. You're right. And and they're like some other defenses I know. They're a defense that relies on those offensive points and the big plays and they all get going and they all start jumping around and, that energy left the game and when the energy left that, that game that then things changed for them and it like you said it started with the tackle so yeah that's uh, that, that's where that that one will go So Mike um, our free agent period will end April 23rd and uh, April 29th through May 1st man will will be the NFL draft and this is our last show so we're gonna we're gonna be back I guess around draft time. And uh, we'll 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 do it all over again.
0: Yeah, looking forward to it. Man. It's been a it lot of fun this season. It's been it really has been because of all the turmoil and things with COVID and uh, yeah. all the things that have happened. It's been a fun year to yeah. To it's hard been it's been, to watch.
1: it's been great working with you, man. And uh, I I'm gonna miss the stories. I can't wait till draft time because I know you've always got some good stories
0: for us. <laughs> well, the only <laughs> it's probably the one thing I have anymore is a story. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, you, you, can, you can always run it again, Mike, and, and, and tell some of those good stories because you've always got something new, you know, like, like the, the DeBerg story. I don't think I'd heard that one before. Yeah. $5,000. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, hey, before we, we say a final goodbye, uh, we, we've got to get uh, one, one big kudos in here to not only everyone, you know, at the, uh, the Benstown uh, organization set up there and Mike McVeigh and his group, you know, for allowing us to get on the air, but also for our executive producer, Mr. Roy Hamilton, the Absolutely. Emmy Award-winning executive producer, Mr. Roy Hamilton. Maybe he can show his face here pop <laughs> Top Boss. Off. Can, you, can you get on, Roy? Boss man. Yeah, can you get on... Roy, Roy Roy, doesn't like to to jump on camera too. Hey, there he is! there he is. There he is. So, and not, yeah. not only, Mike, not only is he a, an Emmy Award-winning producer, this man played in the NBA, you know, starred at UCLA as well, uh, recruited by John Wooden. I mean, my goodness. He's, uh, he he's got some pumps on that wall More too. Special,
0: yeah. You know, in, uh, <laughs> just just a little side note to that too. He didn't play with an eight-foot basket either, Ron
1: that's see that's a knock on me you know what that's okay i'm mentally tough people can say whatever they want to me and my eight foot rim i go up there every day and i just slamming jamming yeah i yeah i stick to the program i stick to the program and thank you to all our listeners and viewers uh for tuning into us i'm running again and we can't wait to see you guys next season everybody stay healthy stay safe I'm Ron Pitts with the coach, Mike Martz, and we hope you enjoyed this episode of Run It Again. Coach Martz and I are going to take a little hiatus, but don't worry. We'll return in time to get you ready for the 2021 NFL Draft. But before we go, we'd like to take this moment to thank all of our listeners and everyone at Benstown Town and McVeigh Media Podcast Productions. We'd like to thank the man himself, Mr. Mike McVeigh, David Chachi Dennis, Kevin Horton, Susan Aksu, Laura Keeney and Ed Maloney we've all had a blast each week taking you inside the game sharing insights and of course telling some great stories just remember we're two old pros trying to make you think a little be safe and stay healthy everyone run it again with ron pitts and coach mike martz is a benztown and mcveigh media podcast production executive produced by roy hamilton producer ed maloney and technical engineer is
0: kevin horton you can follow us on facebook instagram and twitter by searching at run it again podcast